Welcome back to another episode of It's All Clutter. This is our special edition of Clutter Conversations, and I am so excited to bring to you today the amazing Amy. Amy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jess. So I always ask people in the beginning, what path led you to be sitting on this podcast with me right now? How did you get here? Your amazing Facebook ad <laughs> and a divine intervention. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. Um, a very long path got me here. Um, I was, as you know, disabled for a very, well, still am, um, but I was very sick for a very long time um and bed bound um before that i was a performer a professional performer for for years and i had a car accident and um i was stopped at a red light and um a passenger in a car and a drunk driver drove through the back of our car and i, I was left disabled and um after hundreds of procedures and surgery, um, I had two conditions, two neurological conditions. Um, and to make a very long story, a shorter story, um, you know, I spent years in bed, not able to do anything. We moved, my husband, who's now my ex-husband, and I moved into an apartment and when we moved here, I was real at that point disabled already. So we moved in and everything that we brought in here just kind of stayed where it was. And I went into bed and my husband continued to work. And our marriage, all the hopes and dreams and wishes that we had for our life didn't quite turn out the way that we had hoped because of the accident. No. You know, I'm not blaming either one of us. It just didn't happen the way we had planned. And um, 15 years or so later, um, we got divorced and he packed up his clothes and left everything in the apartment, um, which I had to figure out when he left what to do with it. And it was everywhere it looked like it looked like a bomb went off when i finally got myself out of bed um, my doctors um, got me to the point that i could get into a wheelchair and then i got myself thankfully i had some muscle memory from dancing um, and worked really really hard to regain some muscle memory and got myself back up onto crutches. And then, um, so I Facebook ad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was over a much longer period of time than that, you know, than it seems. But um, I tried to declutter once on my own, um, but that didn't go very well. And after like, two hours or so of 
like sitting down and trying to reach and bend and lift. And I um, was in so much pain. I went to the emergency room and it turned out I herniated a disc in my neck and needed emergency surgery and a spinal fusion and discectomy. So I have all sorts of hardware in my neck. Um, I almost lost use of my right arm and hand. So I was like, nope, not doing this anymore. And I also had a ton of financial clutter and emotional clutter and all sorts of the other stuff that goes with a divorce and a disability and all that other stuff. So when I found you, I was ready for you. <laughs> um, I needed help and I, I didn't know how to do it on my own. That's for sure. So um, finding your ad was like a godsend. So that's how I came to you. Amy, your story, I, you know, I know Amy and I are very close now. We've been working together for almost two years, right? Mm -hmm. yep. And Amy reached out to me immediately when she saw my ad and said, do you think this can work for me? Here's my story. Now, working with lots of people who have clutter, I've heard a lot of stories, like a lot. I never had heard a story like Amy's story. I mean, being bed bound for 15 years and basically waking up to your home with no idea what was actually in your home is fascinating for me <laughs> to, to like, uh, kind of like conceptualize how that might be, but was a different situation than, than most people that I've worked with. Yeah. Um, I mean, you it had- odd. <laughs> It's just, the whole story just blew me away. And it's been such an honor to watch your journey unfold because now, I'll just speak for you, Amy. Amy's apartment is, well, look at it. It looks beautiful. I mean, look at that wall behind her. <laughs> Amy has on her own decluttered her entire apartment, been through a renovation, created a space that is truly what word would you use <laughs> oh i love it i'm i just love it i i can't when i sit here and like see what i'm seeing in my screen it it fills me with such it fills me up in ways i can't even I can't even express it. And the the color, the pictures, um, even, I mean, I know nobody sees what's in front of me, but even that, I mean, it's just such a completely different space. And my kitchen is right off to the right of me. And that's, uh, I mean, totally different. Um, it's just, Everything is everything is so different. There's not a space. I mean, yes, it's all exactly the same stuff. Not the kitchen or this room, because that was totally renovated. And I'm now starting. Now I got the bug, and now <laughs> I'm thinking of painting everything else and starting to slowly do um, other rooms. But yeah, um, it's been it's been such a joyful process to do this. Um, getting rid of the clutter was definitely the first and most important step. Knowing what's in my home, um, being able to enjoy 
my home, being able to um, use my home in a way that I never did. Like the space I'm sitting in now was simply um, either just a pastor room for all the years I've ever lived here, or there are pocket doors on each side. And I used to shut the doors and not even use the space. So it was like lost square footage of my own home because it was just so, you know, yuck. So now to have it is, it's like getting a whole room back in my own home, which I never had. So it's so Amy, the, the name of the, our podcast, as you know, is It's All Clutter. And I think your story really highlights how all types of clutter are connected. And I'm wondering if you can speak a little bit to that. <laughs> it's so is connected. I never realized just how amazingly connected it all is. Um, when I came to Jess, like I said, I knew I had, I knew my finances were a mess. I knew um, that, you know, my health was bad. I knew my home was a mess. I knew I had a ton of pain. I knew I had anxiety. What I didn't know is how interconnected it all was. Um, and I started working on the clutter just because I had to, I couldn't go on with my home the way it was. It was non-functional. And as I slowly started to chip away a little bit, like a very little bit at a time, what I started to notice is my anxiety decreased. And therefore we were able to decrease my anxiety medication, my pain decreased, my finances improved, like every part of my life got better. And not only by like little bits, but in like big giant ways um, that the life I'm living now is, I couldn't have possibly imagined a year ago that I would be living the life that I'm living today. And I'm not saying it's perfect and I'm not saying it's the life I was living before the accident. I mean, it's not, but it's so much better. And it's better in such different ways that fill me up in sometimes even better ways than, than it was before. So, <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's so many ways I could go with this interview. <laughs> there's so there's so many questions that I think people would like to hear about. One of the things that really stuck, stood out to me during this whole journey, you know, so we'll say with this clutter is connected thread. Um, I'm adamant that I don't think the medical profession really questions enough about your living environment, right? I think there, there's a huge actual impact on your health that's measurable 
if you're living with a lot of clutter, because like you said, it's overwhelming, it's chaotic. In your case, it also wasn't safe, right? Because you're disabled and to have clutter in your house when you're dealing with a physical limitation or a disability is just straight up unsafe. Yeah. Um, but I was really, really blown away when you told me that no doctor had ever asked you about your living environment. No, and I'll go even deeper there. Doctors had prescribed for me for years, and a first, first a manual wheelchair, then an electric scooter, then an electric wheelchair. Never once did they ask, "Do you live in a big enough home to support that?" or "Is there space in your home for it?" You know, it's like little did they know that. I couldn't possibly ride an electric wheelchair through the clutter on my floor. Um, I really needed that wheelchair to get me out of my house. And, you know, I live in a condo. I couldn't even do laundry because um, my laundry room is downstairs. Um, so, and my ex-husband wouldn't do it for me. So, you know, I... That's another whole story. Anyway, um, <laughs> the, um, but yeah, they don't ask you anything about, um, you know, the condition your home is in. Even when you're using crutches, if there's, if there's stuff all over your floor and you're trying to crutch, if that, the bottom of that crutch gets hooked around a pant leg or um, anything that's on the floor or a cane or a walker, down, down you're going to go. And it's really dangerous. Um, one day I had just had knee surgery and there was a piece of like paper towel on, on a, like a laminate floor. And I had a, you know, I had my knee all wrapped up from the knee that I just had the surgery on and my other foot, which was a bad leg, uh, the other bad leg, the better bad leg, hit that piece, like a little piece of towel and slipped out. And two weeks after I had surgery on one knee, I had to have surgery on the other knee. So anything, anything is a danger. And no doctor has ever asked you about your living environment. No, and I went through um, I went through all the questions that doctors ask. Um, you know, and I spoke to to my doctors, and you know, since we've been doing this, and I said, you know, how come you've never asked these questions? And they said oh my gosh, that's a really good point. Um, but they don't, they ask about everything else. Every, everything else. They ask about, you know, your food intake. They ask about, you know, your emotional state. They ask about like literally everything else, but they do not ask about your home and if you are safe within it. So it's really surprising. Insane. It's just insane. 
And especially, I mean, so you've had like an actual medical outcome from decluttering, which is <laughs> so awesome, Amy, to be like, you know, on less medication and to have actually less pain. Um, if you were to talk to a, a community of people who had disabilities and physical limitations, what would be your best advice to them? If they have clutter, to certainly start, start slow. Um, I never, um, I never did more than, than um, 15 to 20 minutes of decluttering at a time. And not only did I make a time limit, but I made like a task limit. Um, I set up what you now call an Amy list. <laughs> and, it's going to be famous one day, the Amy list, you heard it here first. <laughs> and um, when I first was starting, um, I found like just making like a, a general list too overwhelming. I found just making like a time thing too overwhelming as well, because trying to make a decision every day and, and it just always it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot. There's nowhere to start, right? Like right. you just, it's, you just where, don't like, know. Start. Yeah. Yeah. There's like no parameters. And, you know, when you're, when you have an illness on top of it, it's just all, it's all a lot. So mm -hmm. I found making, breaking down a list into like the smallest little chunks and knowing yourself and knowing what you can do when I knew I couldn't do it for more than 15 or 20 minutes and then assigning that time to those tasks like a dresser drawer or a shelf or the half of a bottom of you know your the bottom of your sink something really small so that 15 minute task to that shelf or that drawer or the top of your bedside table something really small. And I just went right down the list every single day until that nine page list was done. <laughs> and it took months, but I got there. It happened. Right. It happened. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, even if it takes months and it is going to take months, right? right? Absolutely. This is an overnight process. Oh no, it took months and it took many passes of the same thing, which was fine because after a very a very little while, you begin to see like everything all of a sudden looks like so much less. Even if it doesn't look gone, it looks emptier. And then all of a sudden, everything begins to look neater and cleaner and emptier even more. And things become easier like life becomes easier and then you want to do it more right motivation starts to go, go up, up right? and the task the, it becomes an easier task so as motivation goes up and the task get easier it the <laughs> lists go like that fingers <laughs> crossed so yeah <laughs> and amy i just also it's, i hope it's okay to share but the, this process the last you know 18 to 24 months you had a lot of other challenges outside of decluttering that you had to deal with. And you have commented in the past as well that 
because your house was decluttered or you were going down this process, it actually made all this other stuff that life threw at you and life threw a lot at you. It seems like life throws a lot at you. You're like, a, you're whenever I'm feeling low. Magnet. <laughs> Like Amy would be meditating her way through this right now. <laughs> if Amy can deal with this, I can deal with whatever life is throwing at me. Um, but it really, it made life easier, made all these problems that came at you easier to deal with because you had control over your environment and actually a place that you could retreat to literally. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, my mom got very sick and passed away. Um, about oh gosh very soon into the process not even six months into it that i i definitely couldn't have gotten through if if i wasn't in the group and if i wasn't going through this process um i started meditating because of that to just get clear space in my head find extra space within me um, I had the extra space in my, in my home. Space in your home, space in your head, space within yourself. It's, that's the connection. You yep. just said it. Yep. <laughs> you, did it. You, got it. you said it, Amy. <laughs> you figured it out. <laughs> yeah. Space. Space. Yeah. Space in you, space in your home, space. It, you need, you need the space to deal with life. And if you don't have it, it's a big problem. Okay. So this is, you're like, my wheels are turning here. Um, I saw it happen. <laughs> <laughs> because when life throws those problems at you and life throws problems at all of us, Everybody, right? Yep. When, okay. Say your mom gets sick. And in your case, Amy, your mom was also, it was very confusing what was going on. Mm -hmm. it, was, it wasn't like, this is the issue and this is yeah. the, you know, it was like just very unclear. So you have a lot of things that you have to start processing in your head, emotions, information, data, right? Like there's a lot of stuff. And that's, that's why the decluttering helps. Mm -hmm. There's order to it. Yes. And the, that same process helps with anything else in life. Once you have a process that you can go through, in life as well as anything else it helps with everything else right even it's if you don't realize process. it's this but it is the same process same process 15 minute chunks yep. <laughs> and i exactly. even remember you told me you were meditating for 15 minutes like three times a day that's yep. the number <laughs> yes magic <laughs> there's the magic wow I feel like this, this is an offshoot to a whole other podcast. <laughs> okay. So now that we have established that, um, here are the, some other questions that I ask people on our show. <laughs> what is your first memory of clutter? If you go down memory lane, like where does this all start? My first memory of clutter, my mom was very specific <laughs> <laughs> in keeping her home. Oh, everything is backwards <laughs> on the screen. Like, I, see hair he I see hair here and it's here. Okay. Um, anyway, 
um, she was very specific. You know, you couldn't use the couldn't use a living room to sit in, even though there was a couch in the living room. So you could only sit in certain rooms in a house. And if you were to sit there, it was not good. Um, but <laughs> in my own space, <laughs> I was allowed to keep things however, well, I was told I was allowed to keep things however I wanted within my own space. Not true. Because <laughs> I tried one day to, I had a, a, like a bookshelf and this really weird, I guess it was um, like my room was in the, uh, the staircase was there. So there was this big kind of like, it was the top of the staircase basically in my bedroom as a kid. And like there were toys that were stored on top of that. Basically it was the top of the staircase. And then there was a bookshelf on top of that. So one day I took the toys off of that in the way I thought it should be <laughs> because I was told I was allowed to do so. And I took some books out and put them in my bed because I wanted to read um, the way a kid would want to read a bunch <laughs> of books. And um, my parents came in and, oh boy, did, did the um, blank hit the fan. Um, and I was told I was to stay in that room and clean up because I was the slob of all slobs and that I would never be able to, you know, do anything. Um, and even when I cleaned it and they came back to check, I was told, no, it wasn't right. It was not good enough. I'll never be good enough. Um, so that was my first real, um, real feeling of, and I mean, was it right? Was it the way they did it? No. Was it a mess mess? I don't think so. It was a kid's mess. Um, was it complete clutter? No, it was messy. It was, I thought a create, I was always creative. I, I mean, I grew up to be an actress. I was always creative. I was always like imagining and playing and, um, but was it like a complete mess? No, I don't think it was a complete mess, but yes, it was, it was messy. It was messier than it should have been for sure. That's, that is my first real thing with like, you know, being called a slob and being told I will never be good enough. It's amazing how the stuff in our bedrooms as kids is connected to our identities as adults. Mm -hmm. It's just, and how many stories it sticks with you? Oh boy. Oh, it sticks like, with you. Yeah. I mean, you, Amy is part of our massive community of almost 5,000 people. And how many times do we hear these same stories over, over and, and over and over oh, again? Yeah. It's just incredible. Yeah. And having to get that, like, to tell people, no, they're not slobs because it's so ingrained in us. It's, 
it's horrible. I mean, that's horrible. Calling somebody a slob is such a especially a child who. I mean, they don't. Children don't know. They're again, they're being creative. They're trying to do and explore. I mean, that's. I think that's the best word. Kids are trying to explore and and do what they feel is, you know, right to them. Show them. Teach them. Don't. Don't belittle them and call them slobs at that age because it does right. them. Another thing that we hear all the time is that I was never taught how to clean up. I was just I told. was never taught to clean right. in any way. I was never taught to do laundry. I was never taught to to clean specifically, like clean house. I was never. I was taught to do laundry by my friends when I went on tour um, with the Muppets. I mean, when I left home was when I was taught like skip skills. Um, my friends taught me all that stuff. And then I very shortly after that was in the accident. So I really didn't learn a lot of skill. I remember asking you to, you know, how to fold a fitted sheet because I never learned that. <laughs> you know, the, the, the housekeeper in the hotels fold, folded my sheets and then then I got in the accident and never had to. Um, so yeah, there were, there was, I definitely had stunted, you know, growth because of the accident and the fact that I was on tour for all those years, like right out of college and never. You weren't keeping home. No, I wasn't keeping home. I was, I was working from like right out of, right after my first semester of college, I went and worked and, you know, yeah, you have to teach, like, you have to be taught how to do this stuff. This is not, like, it's actually, that's why I say, like, you know, decluttering and keeping your house and what all that, it's, they're just skills. Yeah. But how often do parents just say, go clean your room and don't give any guidance? Yeah, that's always what, what I, mean. I was told is go clean your room. And I just never was taught how to do that. I was never taught how to I was taught to cook. My grandmother always taught me to cook and I'm a great cook too today. And I love to cook because I know how. I was yep. taught to sew by my grandmother. But as far as like cleaning or like keeping home, no, I was never taught that, never. So like learning this stuff now, I'm like, wow, I know how to do it. And now I love it. Yeah, I, mean, I don't love clean. Who loves cleaning? Nobody loves cleaning, right. but I <laughs> I enjoy it because I I take pride in my home now, and it's like that's such a joy to be able to sit back, especially as a disabled person, and take pride in my home and know that it's clean and know that it's kept. You know, it's just me here and my dog Theo. <laughs> Other side. Um, yeah. And, you know, so we don't make too much of a mess. So, you know, thank goodness I could keep up with it. Um, and I mean, the fact that the fact that I could do it now, it it does. It gives me so much pride. So it's pride, pride connected. Like if you so I'm not disabled. So I'm asking you because out of general curiosity, like, do you feel like when you're disabled, there's a, like pride is there like a pride connection there like you i don't know i'm not exactly sure what this question is but is there like a like a cluttered feeling around pride or do you is that like 
I think so. I mean, I, first of all, I never had the financial resources to hire somebody. If I could have, I certainly would have, um, to, to come in and clean, but I didn't have that ability either. So, you know, I was cut off at every, every possible you know, I just didn't have the resources in either way. I couldn't do it myself and I couldn't hire somebody to do it. Um, now I still don't really have the resources to do it, to hire somebody, but being able to do it myself and being disabled. Yes. It, the independence of that gives me so much pride to say, yeah, I'm this way and it sucks, but I still can do it on my own. I don't need to ask for help because asking for help is so hard. It's just so hard because when you, when you have to ask for help for so many different things, to not have to ask for help for one more thing is such a wonderful thing. To be able to do as many things on your own as you can is is a source of pride. That's awesome. Thank you for clarifying that for me. My botched question there. <laughs> not a botched question, a good question. <laughs> Maybe not stated correctly, but I, I appreciate the explanation because I do now very clearly see that connection and it makes a lot of sense. And I, I feel like we have a lot of depression and anxiety when we have a lot of clutter and it is connected to pride, whether you're disabled or not. And I, you know, that's a really good connection to keep in mind also. You know, people always, when I first was um, like in a wheelchair, people would always say, oh, wait, 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 let me hold that door for you. And I was like, could you ask me if I'd like, and it would drive me nuts. And it wasn't so much that they would hold the door, but assume that I would want the door held and not ask if I would want the door held. And I know it's such a little thing, such a minor thing. And my ex-husband used to like get me on that all the time and say, why are you being so picky about this? And I said, when you have to ask for so many things, it's just so nice if somebody would just ask instead of assuming I needed help. Yep. That's a great, that's a great point. And thank you for sharing that because I think all these little things that people share on this podcast can really, they really help me understand where somebody else is in life and change my interactions as well. There was, um, on the podcast with Lisa, I, I'm not sure if you listened to Lisa's interview, but so she talked about how she does those boxes. Um, they're called blessings boxes and yeah. she'll put like canned food in there. And one oh, of the right, content, that the can opener, right? Is that it's like, a, thank you for the canned food, but I don't have a can opener. Right. And it's just, there's so many nuances. I could, I could certainly understand that. I mean, I, this, <laughs> this is my first month not being on food stamps. I, I am. Congratulations. <laughs> <about pride. laughs> um, yeah, I'm coming off a really hard financial time and I just, I feel like I graduated. <laughs> um, and yeah, oh boy, this, that's, 
it's such a big step, such a huge step. I filed bankruptcy 10 years ago. I could like cry. Oh my God. Um, it was like, that was to have to do that was so enormous and to have to talk about asking for help, to have to ask for help in that way was so big and so almost humiliating um, and hard. But I knew I wouldn't do it for a moment longer than I needed to. So I'm so glad that that time has come that I could say thank you, but I'm good. And I am so happy for you, Amy, because I also know how hard you've been working to that end as well. And I'm just, I'm yeah. just so, I'm so happy for you. I know. It's like this, like I said, it's been a long road, but everything seems to be falling into line and it's so good. So good. And I have to thank you because this whole, <laughs> like, it all, it all stems from February of 2020. Clutter Boot Camp. Clutter Boot Camp. <laughs> the original one, the first one we ever did. Yep. Amy was in that group and that's when it all started. Um, this is a perfect lead into our last question, Amy, which is what does your future hold now that your house is declared? I am going to say, you know, I, I'm not really religious, but I'm very spiritual. And when I pray every day, I just pray for, for good and I leave it very open-ended. I pray for good and whatever, for good and, and more. <laughs> <laughs> and whatever else you want to throw in. <laughs> because there's always stuff that I can't even imagine that's, that the universe or source or God or whatever you believe in has in store for you and a journey that you can't even see for yourself. And that's what I hope for every single day for good and more. <laughs> I love that good and more. Amy, thank you for sharing your incredibly inspiring story with us. I am so proud to call you a friend I mean, way more than a client, a friend and somebody who I look up to and respect at the deepest core of my soul. Thank you so much for sharing everything with us, for sharing your story. Thank you, Jess. It's like, you know, I credit so much of this to you. But you did the hard work. So <laughs> we did the hard work. <laughs> yes, yes. And if you are listening to our podcast on YouTube, go ahead and like and subscribe right now. If you're listening on any other form of podcast listening device is <laughs> streaming services, do whatever it is that you should do to make sure you are here next week for another It's All Clutter conversation. These conversations have been so incredible. I'm so grateful to everybody who volunteers to be on the show because your words mean so much. So have a great day, everyone, and we'll see you again in a week. Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you.